wondering about today, I started thinking about something I preached a while back, and it was, really comes out of the era of years ago, actually the turn of the century, the, the, the 19th and 20th centuries actually, where the preachers would get up and they'd preach under the fire of God, and they'd preach the fire of God down, and about in the middle of it they'd say, do I get a witness? And when they would say that, the people shout out, yes, amen, or hallelujah, glory to God. So let me ask you, do I get a witness? The, the noisier you are, the better I'll do. If you don't want to be bored, be noisy. It just works better for me. I was thinking about that in relationship to two men. As you know, we've just come past Easter, and it's an amazing thing about the Easter story. You know, there's more historical truth to the Easter story than many things we believe in antiquity. Not only did Jesus appear to individuals, he appeared to like over 500 people at once. There's amazing historical fact about the birth, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, these two men are walking along, and they've been in Jerusalem over the weekend, and so they've heard all of this stuff about this man, Jesus, being crucified, put in a tomb, and, and that some ladies went down on uh, Easter morning and went to the tomb to bring spices. And it was empty. And while they're there, Jesus actually appeared to them and, and let them know that he's alive. And so they ran very quickly uh, to tell. They said this, uh, we're going to make sure everybody knows this story. So they're, they're on their way. They're talking about this. Jesus has appeared to the women. They're talking about this. And all of a sudden, this stranger joins in the journey with them. Now, they're on their way from Jerusalem where they'd been the weekend down to a little town called Emmaus. And uh, it's just seven miles away, but they're walking. And so they're walking along, and they're talking, and they're talking about all of these things, the significance of the things they're hearing about the Messiah and about Jesus, about the death, burial, and resurrection. They're discussing this when this stranger joins them. He begins to ask them questions, and they begin to ask him questions, and all of a sudden he begins to use the Word and share with them things that were going on, and he didn't reveal who he was. He's just walking along talking to them. And so they come to a place to where they're turning into Emmaus, and all of a sudden he, this person who now becomes Jesus, they don't know it's Jesus, but it is Jesus. They say, we're going in, and it's just about dark, and so they invite him to come stay with them. So Jesus goes to sit down to break bread with them, and when he's there breaking bread with them, all of a sudden, their eyes were opened, and they knew it was Jesus, the Christ, the true Son of the living God. And all of a sudden, the minute he rec they recognized who he was, after he'd opened their eyes, he disappeared out of their sight. They said, listen, we've got to hasten back to Jerusalem and tell the, the disciples that he is alive. We've really seen him. Jesus is alive. And so they head their way back. They get back to the disciples. They begin to say, what the ladies told you that you doubted is true. We've seen him. We were on the road to Emmaus, and he appeared to us. He is alive. Jesus is alive. And so they said what Peter has said. Peter ran to the tomb. Peter himself had trouble believing, even though he found an empty tomb. He's having trouble believing. But they said, even Peter, what he saw, this Jesus is alive. He's standing in the midst of them. And they said, while we were with him, before we knew who he was, our hearts burned within us. Another word for that word burn is witnessed. Our hearts witnessed within us 
who he was even before we knew who he was. And so as they're telling the story, all of a sudden, Jesus appears in the room. Right there with the two men from Emmaus with the disciples. And he speaks to them and talks to them and calls them all slow of heart to believe. Why have you had such a hard time believing? I want to tell you something. There's people who have all of these theories out there today. But once you ever have the witness of God on the inside of you, there's nothing that can take it away. There's nothing that can steal it out of your heart. This is the Christ, the true Son of the living God who forgives sins and takes away all of our burdens. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something. You don't have to live under a yoke of burden. It can be free from you. Praise God. We're not under any yoke here today. Whom the Son has set free, He is free indeed. Glory to God. Shout that out with me. Whom the Son has set free. He's free indeed. I'll tell you what, you can find plenty of things to get all down and out about. But the good news is, it, uh, we win no matter what. If I die in faith, I win. The minute I die, I'm in heaven. Hallelujah. There is no loss in God. I'm so glad for that. We are winners. There was a fellow from Kenya who used to come to our church. He was an African, and he had an accent, and he would say all the time, We are wieners. And I say to you today, We are wieners, praise God. <laughs> Tell somebody, I'm a wiener, and you're a wiener. Hallelujah. If you, if you know Jesus, you are a winner. Amen. Jesus didn't come to bring death. He came to bring life. He didn't come to bring destruction. He came to bring construction. He didn't come to beat us up. He came to fix us up. Hallelujah. He is the Christ, the true Son of the living God. And when you hear preaching, there's something that goes off on the inside of you. His Spirit bears witness with your spirit that we are the children of God. Now, I want to tell you something. God expects us to believe Him, His Word. But the thing of it is, He doesn't leave us just there. He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And your house can be saved. Thank God. God for that. But he didn't leave us there. He, he expects us to believe his word of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. But the minute you confess Jesus as Lord, he didn't leave you on the outside. He said, I'm coming to live on the inside. My spirit is going to bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. Hallelujah. Now, is that all it's good for? It's for every day of your life. It's for every decision you make from this time on. Jesus the Christ lives inside of you. If you're a saved Methodist, it's for you. If you're a saved Presbyterian, it's for you. If you're a saved Episcopalian, it's for you. It's for every Christian. You do not have to be a Pentecostal for the Spirit of God to live inside you. If you're saved, He's in you, and He'll lead you, and He'll guide you, and He'll touch you. Hallelujah. I I say this fully. I am a Pentecostal. You'll figure that out before I leave it because it's one of those things that just slips out. I can't help it. That's who I am. But I want to tell you something. Every believer is my brother. Every believer is my sister. It's not about what church you belong to. It's who lives on the inside of you. His name is Jesus, the Christ, the true Son of the living God. Hallelujah. Just to prove this, years ago, there was a little boy, three years of age, down in Wanchis, staying with his grandmother. His grandmother ran across to 
her grand, grandfather's store, her husband's store, my grandfather. He ran, she ran over there to get something from the store, left this little three-year-old boy playing in the barn. But there was a Methodist lady about a mile up the road. God spoke to her. Her name was Texie Meekins. And he said, you go down to Mertz. Go down there now. She went down to my grandmother's. She heard this little kid in there in the barn just screaming. And she opens the door. And there's this little three-year-old boy that the old upright lead of a piano had come down on his fingers. And they were just as flat as they could be. And that little boy was me. That little boy was me. The leading of the Holy Spirit through a Methodist woman saved my fingers. Thank God that the Spirit of God speaks to all believers. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, he speaks to you. He speaks to me. And then shout out loud, I am a believer. I'm not a doubter. I'm a believer. I've had my back to the wall many times, just as some of you in this room have. But I found out I can either get stuck to the back wall or I can work my way out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to stay back there. I'm not going to camp back there. I've been through things with my kids. I remember one time my oldest son, Reggie Jr., my Lord, I couldn't do anything with him. I was pastoring at the time, and I kept saying, I need to resign. If you can't take care of your own house, you got no business trying to preach. And uh, I beat myself up with the way my boy was acting. And one day, I knew he was in Tampa, but I didn't know where in Tampa. And one day, the Lord led me and a friend to go find him. I drove over there, and I went to look for him. And finally, I found this apartment building. It looked like kind of the description of where they told me he'd gone, but I didn't know for sure. But I was led right up to a room. I opened the door and walked in, and there he is with a circle of his friends, and they're smoking something. I don't know what. It wasn't cigarettes, that's for sure. And he, and he puts his fingers up, and he said, Hi, Dad! High as a kite! I didn't know what to do with him. I didn't know how to get him out of trouble. He was in trouble. He was in spiritual trouble. I didn't know how to help him. I didn't know what to do. But on a Saturday night, two friends of mine were praying with me getting ready for a Sunday morning. And all of a sudden, a burden from heaven came, fell down over me for my son. And I started praying. And it wasn't long until the Spirit on the inside of me led me in groanings, which you can't put into articulate speech. It was groans and moans from the inside, just led by the Spirit of God. I was taking his place. I was standing in his gap. I was standing in the gap and making up the hedge. And all of a sudden, the Lord let me see a vision. I saw my son on his face before God. He was as far away as the east is from the west. But I saw him as real as I see you all in the Spirit. And three weeks later, exactly what I saw that Saturday night came to pass in the Spirit. Glory to God. He'll come to your children. He'll come to your children's children. Peter said when he stood up on the day of Pentecost, when all of the stuff had happened, he said, this promise is to you, to your children, your children's children. As many as are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. I want you to know something. This living for Jesus, this having the Spirit of God in you and coming upon you is invaluable to us. We can be led by the Spirit of God with every decision in life talking about trouble. I remember one time my wife and I were having such a rough time. We couldn't get along. Uh, we loved each other, but we couldn't stand each other. Do you know what I mean by that? We just couldn't get along. We just could not get along. There are two one cheesers trying to get together, and you just couldn't get along. We just had a rough time. It wasn't about somebody else. It's just we could not get along. 
So I concocted this wonderful idea. I'm going to take B back and leave her at her dad's. But I told her we were going on vacation. I said, get all the bags packed. We're going on vacation. So I had every intention of taking her back to North Carolina, telling Rex he can have her. And I was going back to Florida without her. This is terrible, but it's the truth. This is what happened. <laughs> had every intention of following through. But I was driving down a road in Lakeland called Bartow Highway. And this Holy Spirit I'm talking to you about came in the car with me. And he said, son... You're not fighting flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And for the first time in my life, I knew that my battle was not with my wife, B. I knew it was not with me. It was the enemy coming to destroy us. You see, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He comes to steal life. He comes to steal relationships. He comes to steal businesses. He comes to steal individuals. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, and that you might have life more abundantly. Don't you get in religion. Religion will leave you with death. But when you get in life, it lifts you up out of that pit. It lifts you into a higher place. Glory to God. And you won't be the same when Jesus comes. Hallelujah. Come on and give him thanks today. But it begins with this thing called the witness. The same witness the two men from Emmaus had that was inside them. You see, the witness is in here. It's not in your head. It's in your spirit, in your heart. Out of the heart of man proceed the issues of life. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge Him. And He will. He didn't say He might, or He could, or it's possible. It said He will direct your path. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that I don't have to make the mistakes that I made before I understood that. It took me a while to catch on. Some of us are a little slow. Anybody in here like me slow? It took a little longer for me to catch on. But once I did, I realized I didn't have to be as smart as I'd like to be. I didn't have to be that because the Christ lives in me. And I can have the mind of Christ. And when I don't know to make a decision, you see, if you're getting ready to make a decision, you can know all about the past of the decision. Let's say you're getting ready to buy something. You can find out the history of it. You can find out the present, but you do not know the future. The difference is God knows the future. You can project the future, but you don't know the future. God knows tomorrow better than you know yesterday. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so he'll t- he's not going to tell you everything he knows, but he's going to take a portion of what he knows, and when you need to know it, he's going to drop it in your heart and let your spirit bear witness with his spirit that this is truth. Praise God. Hallelujah. John 16, 13 says this. He is the spirit of truth. Praise God. I'm telling you, when he lives in you, he witnesses truth in the inward man. When I lean to my own understanding is when I get in trouble. Let me ask you all a question. How many of you almost, you've almost missed it in life? Now, we all know you have missed it in life. But how about the times you almost missed it? I remember one time of something I almost missed it on, and I just said to the Lord, because I shuddered to think, had I acted on that, had I done that, what the consequences would have been. I almost missed it, and I said to the Lord praying, I said, Lord, I almost missed it on that. It was something for the church, something about the church. 
but I almost missed it. And the Spirit of God, the same one who leads, the same one who guides, he said, almost missing it is not missing it. What makes the difference between almost missing it and missing it? It is the Spirit of God on the inside of you. You almost went that direction, but you didn't. Why? Because His Spirit checked me, checked me. Don't you do it. 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 And then there's other times something didn't make a bit of sense to my head. It made no sense when the Lord came to me and started dealing me about ministry. Sell everything you have and go in ministry. It made no sense to my head. Lord, you've blessed me in this. I've learned to trust you in this. I don't want to do that. I was not one of those that wanted to do it. But at the same time, I kept getting that. Trust me. Trust me, trust me. And when I made the decision, it was amazing how pieces fell together. Oh, there's always headwinds when you follow God. The enemy's always going to try to come steal from you. He's always going to come try to challenge the will of God in your life. Just know that. You'll take a step towards faith, and every demon in hell is going to come against you to try to get you to back off. Well, this faith stuff doesn't work. Yes, it works, praise God. It works when you work it. And what do you mean by that? You settle, that's the truth, praise God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I'm a faith man. I don't, I'm, I don't apologize for it to you. I'm kind about it or anybody else. I believe the just shall live by faith. Your life is a life of faith. But I use my faith instead of believing for buildings or cars or houses or, or all of that kind of stuff. I don't use my faith there. I use my faith to be led of the Holy Spirit. If He'll lead me, all the rest of the stuff will fall in line. I'm not out there after stuff. I'm out there after Him. And if He wants to give me something, praise the Lord. I'll receive it, but I'm going to live by faith whether I see it or don't see it. Praise God. Faith isn't what you see. It's the substance of what you hope for but the evidence of what you can't see. If you can already see it, you don't need faith for it. That's totally different from the early service. That's how the Spirit works. Somebody in this room needs to hear this. Who are you? I have no idea. But I do know this. Ha, masingi. Time and time again, I have called. I have knocked on your heart's door. I have tried to pull you up and to lead you forward. But you would fall back. And you would go back. And then you would see that there would be lack. Oh, not necessarily in things, but in your heart of heart. You would lack spiritual things. And then you would feel lost again. And then I'm saying to you now, just receive that which I've tried to lead you into, for I will lead you into green pastures. I will lead you into sweet waters. They will not be but bitter, but they will be sweet. But you've got to follow me in order to be complete. Hallelujah, so that says the Spirit of the Lord. Praise God. Come on and give him praise. Give him praise. Giving praise. Giving praise. That's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He says this, I, what is it? I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with my understanding also. And so you're speaking a word from the Spirit and then you're interpreting that. That's equal to prophecy. I've oftentimes, just as a minister of the gospel, I wish I could go direct to prophecy. But that's not how the Lord leads me. Often he'll lead me in a tongue, but the Bible says the tongue is for, not for the believer. We don't need it, but it's for the unbeliever. 
It, it, it lets something happen in your heart. So I, I want to explain it because there might be somebody here who said, what in the world did he just do? I just spoke in a heavenly language. That's what I just did. Where did it come from? It came from heaven. Praise God. It's from heaven. And it comes down on us. I thank God for that. Now, there's somebody in this room he's reaching out to this morning because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. But he's reaching out to all of us in that he wants to lead us and guide us and direct us. Do you have, let me ask you, how many of you are in the valley of decision right now? Just, I just want to know how many hands. Thank you. All over. You, you say, I, I, I need some direction. Well, the good news is you have it, and you're getting it. And you say, how do I, how do I move in that just a little further? Spend time with Jesus. I want to recommend this to everybody in this room. If you're not in a good relationship, the things of God don't work, and they don't even make sense. How many of you know that they don't make sense? You know, the things of God are foolishness to men. Sometimes they don't make a bit of sense to you. But all of a sudden, when you yield to him, the father of spirit. See, he's the father of spirit. You're a living being who will live forever. And he's the father of spirits. Once you're born of the spirit, he comes to live in you. And he's the father of spirits of just men made perfect. And so he comes and he wants to speak to you. And while he's speaking, his spirit bears witness with your spirit. That is the Spirit of God. I had a word the other last Sunday in church, and I gave out a word about somebody getting ready to leave their job. Brother Wayne, you were there. Uh, I, I said, it's a young man. You're getting ready to leave your job. And I said, now, I, this could be several people getting ready to leave their job in here. But don't go by what I'm saying. Go by whether or not your heart is witnessing that it's for you. You see, when it's for you, your heart will witness it. Don't go just take somebody's word. Make sure it's God witnessing that to you. He may bring the words through me or through some other person, but he's going to witness it to you. And after church, this young guy came up. He said, Pastor Reggie, I work for the city of Lakeland. I've been planning to leave and go start my own business, but I know that I know that that word was for me this morning, and I'm going to stay right where I am. And I, then I had another word to him. I said, yeah, and it's going to open up before you. Things are going to amaze you. Well, how do I know that? That same witness of the Holy Spirit. I want you to put your hand up and say, God loves me. He cares about me. He cares about my family. He cares about everything that touches me. And I want to love him with all of my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. Hallelujah. Praise God. I was shaving one morning, getting ready to go to church, and I heard just as clearly in my heart the Lord say, everybody who wants to be free can be free. You see, our problem is we want to hold on where we are sometimes, but we've got to be willing to be free. Everybody who wants to be free can be free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm glad today that I can be free. Yes, sin tries to wrap around all of us. Didn't you know that? How many of you ever attempted to talk about somebody or to be ugly to somebody or to go do something you know you shouldn't do? Well, the enemy's going to try to do that to you. But the good news is the greater one, the greater one, the greater one on the inside of you is going to rise up against that and you're going to know that that is not the way for me. Hallelujah. I like that tune we sing. I'm not, I'm, what is it? I'm not, um, let's sing it. You, you got to interpret there, Brother Wayne. Not about fear. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Instead of that, I want us to change fear to sin. I'm no longer a slave to sin. Let's just sing it a minute. I, this is the way church is. You shouldn't be able to stop any minute, do whatever you want to, what you feel the Lord wants you to do. Come on. Come on. Let's just enjoy this for now. Listen to this. I'm no longer a slave. Come on, lift your little hands up. Your fear. beautiful little hands up. Come on. I am a child I of God. I am a child of God. <laughs> yes. 
sin in there. Oh God. I'm no longer a slave to sin. <laughs> I am a child of God. I am <laughs> a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child a young lady came to our church a few weeks ago. She was on drugs. She was a prostitute. And she responded to the altar. She was down front and the tears were streaming down her face. She cried out to Jesus to set her free. She was instantly delivered from drugs. I went in the restaurant the other day. I didn't know she worked in there. Her, her name is Amber. I went in there, and she was there, and so she came up. She said, aren't you Pastor Edgy? And I said, yes. She said, I just got free. I just had my life set free. And she was, so, she was so excited to get to share her testimony. Let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with where you've been. It's all about where you're going. Hallelujah. Your past can be completely forgiven and forgotten. But your future can be as bright as the promises of God. I don't know why I'm interrupted today, but I am by the Holy Spirit. Because there's people in this very room. You've lost hope. It is the way it is. There's nothing I can do about the way I'm going. But there is. Call on Jesus. No, you can't do it in yourself. You'll fail every time. Your strength is not because of Him. Because of you, it's because of Him. He is the strength in your life. He is the light. He is the bright and morning star. Hallelujah. He is the first and the last. And He'll come and He'll set you free from every bondage, every sin, by His power within. Can you say amen? All right, now we're going to go on. We've delivered that. Let's go on. Hallelujah. And talk about the witness a little more. The witness of the Holy Spirit works from your spirit. Some people say, well, how do I know? They, they work out of their head. It's very important to educate your mind. We all understand that. But there's something deeper than your mind. Actually, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 identifies it. I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body. Spirit is pneuma in the Greek language. It's, it's your inner man, your whole spirit, and soul, that's suke, that's your mind, will, and emotions, and then, of course, soma, your body. He breaks up our, our, the parts of man into three parts, spirit, soul, and body. Sometimes the issues in your soul, you've, you've, been, you, you've, you've given your mind, your will, and your emotions over to things so long, it has actually attached itself to your soul. You've heard of soul ties. These really literally happen. You can have that with people. You can have that with situations. You can have that with things. But see, when Jesus comes, he comes to live in your spirit, in the inner man. And so you're not trusting your head, although, thank God, we do have a head. Get out of the rain. Thank God for that. But deeper than that is your spirit man. And that's the one, that's the part of you that God uses. The spirit of man, Proverbs 20, 27 says, is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. You say, what does it feel like? It feels just like salvation. His spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. But I'm getting ready to take this job, or I'm getting ready to make a change in things. 
His Spirit will bear witness with your spirit about that, just like He did about you getting saved. It's the same Spirit. He's not twins. He's the same Holy Spirit, whether He's doing fruit of the Spirit. You know the beautiful thing, that's why I include all Christians, because when you get saved, in the salvation package comes fruit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, faith, temperance, meekness, against or meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. But then when you get over into the gifts of the Spirit, that's when the power of God comes upon you. Everybody needs the power of God, not just in them, but upon them. Can you say amen? And that opens the doorway to the supernatural, where you have the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, faith, special faith, working of miracles, discerning of spirits, all these things, prophecy, tongues with interpretation. They're for you today. I want you to point to yourself and say, it's for me today. Praise God. Hallelujah. That all of that opens the supernatural, the power of God into your life. And we need both. We need the fruit of the Spirit that comes with salvation. Salvation, and we need the, the, pop, the uh, operation of the gifts of the Spirit that comes with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Tonight, I'm probably going to talk on that because I think that's very important for people. Not only to know how to follow the Holy Spirit, but to know how to, let, to get, yield to the power of God. Let me tell you, the power of God will shake junk right out of you. Thank God for that. He'll shake you. Sometimes I'll tell my church, just shake. Praise God. Why don't you try that right now? Let's play like you're in my church for me. Just shake. Shake it off. There's stuff on you. Shake it off of you. Hallelujah. Come on. It's all right. We're, to, we're family. Praise God. We're in here together. Just shake it off of you. You see, something happens in that atmosphere. Things get broken off. Things come off of your life. Like that little girl, Amber. She, somebody talked her into coming to church. And she came to church. And she yielded to the Holy Spirit. It was the Spirit who drew her to the front. That shackles could be broken from her life. She's no longer a prostitute. She's no longer a drug addict. And we even had her on the screen on Easter. Giving her testimony. And she, she was so embarrassed she didn't know what to do. But she said, I want to give my testimony. You know, it's embarrassing himself as a prostitute in a, where it's illegal. It, it's, it's wrong in heaven either way, but I mean Lakeland, it's illegal. And uh, so she's having to stand up and say, I've been illegal for a long time. I've been illegal with drugs. I've been uh, illegal with promiscuous sex. I've been illegal. And she's telling this testimony in church, and, and the testimony was built around her being baptized in water. And she grabbed her spirit. She said, I don't know much, but I can tell you this. It's in here. I've changed in here. Come on, touch yourself right there. Out of the inner man flows the issues of God. The Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. He bears witness with me whether I should take this deal or that deal or not do it. In other words, everything about life, He's given you the Spirit of God to take care of. Not greed. We don't need to be greedy. We need to just follow the Holy Spirit. And as we're following Him, He's going to bless us so we can be a blessing. Do you know something? If, you're, if, if all you want out of life is blessing, to have blessing, you're on the wrong road. You want blessings to be a blessing. Hallelujah. When, when we get to send checks around the world, it's such a joy to be a blessing. It's all about being a blessing. Thank God you get to enjoy the fruit of your labor. He, he talked about uh, that you're supposed to eat of the fruit of your labor. We are supposed to enjoy good things in life. 
but they're far bigger than that. How, how can I help somebody else? I mean, I look and I see churches that we've established in Africa, and I've been over there and see those people. I mean, they're, they're, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Sumerai tribe. They're tall people, you know, so thin. You go to pray for them. It's just like putting your hand on a board. They're so thin. You know, they walk all the time and run everywhere, and uh, I, I need to go follow them for about a year. You understand what I mean? <laughs> They're amazing people, but they've had such a miracle of God, and we've established churches among the Sumerai tribes, and it's just an amazing thing to be a blessing. Life is about being a blessing. The Bible says, if you water, you will be watered again. If you give, it will be given back to you. Now, don't think I'm preaching for me because I've told them they're not receiving an offering from me. I don't take any money when I come here. It all is home. I don't want anybody's money. I just want to pour whatever little bit I've got into you because I care. I prayed for a long time about somebody coming up here on the Outer Banks and starting a church, a church with life. You know, and there's other churches that have life. I'm not saying that, but a church where that, the word of life is given out. And, and you're not preaching a, a message of death, but of life. I love life. Jesus loves life. You know, you, you, you can't legislate holiness. It's of the heart. It, it's things fall off when you fall in love with Jesus. You don't have to be beating people over the head all the time. You just, as, as they love Jesus, as they give themselves to Jesus, they want to please him. I know when I miss it, thought, word, or deed, I, I feel bad. I want to please him. Jesus, I don't ever want to think that way again or act that way again. Jesus, I don't want to be like that. Why? Because I want to be like him. Nobody has to beat you up over the head all the time. When when you fall in love with Jesus, it just starts working in you. I don't, I'm no longer a slave to that. I'm no longer under that. I'm free, and whom the Son is set free, he is free. Can you say amen? And if you looked at my notes today, none of this is there. But I just want to, you know, I haven't even looked at them, so it doesn't matter anyhow. Praise the Lord. I come up here, you get the best teaching on the planet. Pastor Stephen's an excellent teacher, and uh, Pastor uh, Stephen and Tiffany both are amazing people, and you're getting that. But this weekend was about inspiration. I want to deliver inspiration, not just information. Information's important, but you can have for information and choke to death. You need also inspiration. Can you say amen? Just say out loud, I need inspiration. See, the spirit of prophecy is about inspiration. It's also oftentimes based on something you might know or is given to you at the moment, but it's inspired utterance in a known language. Like I did earlier, speaking in a heavenly language with the interpretation is equal to that. It equals prophecy, but it's inspiration. And so somebody's heart is touched. Somebody's heart is changed. And like those two men on the road to Emmaus, your heart burns within you. I witnessed the truth in this house today, and I don't want to leave like I came in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Come on, take a quiet moment. Just put your beautiful little hands up one more time. I love to see people lift up their hands. I'll tell you why. The Bible says, it's not Reggie, this is the Bible. Lifting up holy hands. They're not holy because of you. They're holy because of his precious blood. He shed his precious blood that your hands could be holy. Because they're perpetually being cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Oh, we don't willfully go out and go against God, but the good news is that when we do miss it, His blood continually washes us from all sin. Hallelujah. 
Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Just right from your heart, begin to talk to him. I sense his spirit here. Just begin to talk to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. It's comfortable. I want you to know when his presence is there, it's just comfortable. You don't have to work up anything. You don't have to force anything. It's just comfortable. Comfortable. Now, Father, minister to that young lady. Her heart is burning within her. She knows you're dealing with her, and I thank you for making her whole. Thank you, Jesus. You're more than enough. You are El Shaddai, the God of all plenty. You are more than enough. Come on, sing it with me. More than enough. You are El Shaddai. You are El Shaddai. The God of plenty. The God of all the all-sufficient one. All-sufficient one. Lord God Almighty. Lord God Almighty. Jesus. Jesus, you're more than enough. Come on, sing it with Brother Wayne, if you will. You're more than enough. More than enough. You are El Shaddai. Oh, you are El Shaddai. The God of all plenty. God of all plenty. The all-sufficient one. The all-sufficient one. Lord God Almighty. My Jesus. Jesus, you're more than. Now, Father, this has gone different than I expected, but I thank you for loving people so much to take side trips, side journeys to touch them. I thank you for these precious people. I thank you for how much you love us, how much you care about us, and that you've put your spirit within us that we can follow you Jesus, you said, my sheep know my voice, and they follow me. But a stranger's voice, they will not hear. I thank you we hear the voice of our shepherd deep within. This is the way, walk you in it, and we give you praise for it. Hallelujah. And everybody said, amen.